you know, my kids never cared I was the CEO of two iconic brands in Australia. In fact, someone said to my son when he was in probably year 10, what does your mum do? And he said, I don't know, she works at Sports Girl somewhere in the office. I don't know what she does, <laughs> right? They don't care, right? All they want is that person that loves them, nurtures them, cares for them and comes home and is completely connected. They're the moments that are the most important in life. Have you ever wondered whether there's actually a sustainable way to balance a healthy and meaningful life with your busy schedule? Well, you're in luck, Balancer, because I did too. And the Balance Theory podcast is now a dedicated space to be curious in finding a balance that just works. Because since we're being honest here, balance isn't a one-size-fits-all. I'm your host, Erica, and let's dive into today's episode. All right, Balancers, today's interview is going to be a special one. I'm joined by two wonderful ladies. The first, we are re-inviting back on the show, Shana Kennedy. We've had her on the podcast before. As some of you may know from listening to that episode, she's a strategic life coach who specializes in executive strategy, transition, values, vision, overcoming burnout, and life planning for individuals. A newcomer, a new guest on the show today is Colleen Callender, who served as CEO of two iconic fashion brands, Sports Girl and Suzanne, where she established winning cultures and empowered people to reach their full potential. Together, these two wonderful women have combined their forces and drawn on their respective experiences to teach us how to cultivate our own action plan and basically create a roadmap to extraordinary growth, success and fulfillment through their new book, Elevate, which I've had the honor and pleasure of reading. It's on pre-sale now and it officially comes out on December 5th. And what I love about the book is how it really centers around how to excel both personally and professionally. This tug of war between the two of which is kind of the crux of, my, of this whole podcast of exploring life balance, of finding that sweet middle ground, or I guess just working out how to go with it as life goes on. So it's an absolute pleasure to have you both on the show today. A big warm welcome. Well, thank you for having us. And it's great to be back and to share um, a collaborative journey this time with Colleen and how women can support each other and elevate to new levels when we work together. Amazing. Well, welcome back. And Colleen, welcome to you. I think um, I think a really good starting point just based off what the podcast is centered around. Um, I want to just draw something from from the book, a section I read. You guys both wrote, together as women in our 50s, we have personally experienced the real struggle of balancing a successful career, raising a family and maintaining optimal health and fitness. We understand the challenges that come with juggling personal and professional responsibilities. I think it would be really interesting to hear from you both what your most respective difficult moments have been in the past where you've really felt that tie or that tug between the personal and professional because I feel it's in these moments we really learn what we need to feel balanced and I guess in hindsight and upon reflection that becomes um, most evident but I'd love to hear maybe Shana we can start with you um, what moment in your life you felt this tug the most? Well, we've both got similar stories and that's why we've got so much in common was for me, I didn't even have a family. Um, I actually just married my job. I loved my job. It was in my veins. I completely and utterly devoted my life to my job um, and, and fully enjoyed doing so, but actually had no regard for health, well-being, self-care, boundaries, any of the tools um, because I had the attitude that the harder we work, the better we were going to be. And that wasn't the case. So that ended in burnout and chronic fatigue and depression. Um, so that was a big turning point for me because I had to unlearn all of the old ways um, of being and thinking 
and then repack myself as a healthier version of an achievement junkie coming back. And I think when I had the family, for me, the the balance was really important where I would still get caught, you know, where I would actually have to learn to say no to some really great opportunities, some great money as well, um, because I knew it would tip the family over. So I was doing a lot of speaking, a lot of traveling, even speaking overseas in Asia. And in the end, I actually learned how to say no, if it, if it really was too much for the family. Because at the end of the day, you know, we've only got a very small time with our kids and then they've grown up and flown the coop. Yeah, interesting. And I think a, I think a good call out there is it does creep up from time to time. Like I feel like you can unlearn these things and you can program yourself in a certain way. But as you move through different stages of life, that balance looks really different and old mm-hmm. habits are easy to come back in. So it's important to just give yourself, I guess, that compassion to just be able to move with it as, as it comes up. Colleen, how about yourself? Well, it's been a moment for you in the past where you felt that push. My most difficult moment for me came in 2007 and I was general manager of Sports Girl at the time. I had three young children under the age of 10 and I saw myself as this red Ferrari and this red Ferrari that just wanted to go faster and faster and faster, wanted a personal best, never wanted to leave the track. But the problem was that I never put air in the tyres, I never put petrol in the tank. I never went in for a service, right? And no car goes that well if we don't do the basic fundamental things. And so for me, I was just being this absolute machine and I wanted to be the best leader. I wanted to be a great mom. I want to be a good wife. I want to be a good sister. And I actually put everyone before self. And so for me in 2007, as I said, I literally hit a wall And it's not that I didn't love my job. I didn't love everything around me. I just had nothing left in the tank. I was just completely empty. So I actually um, went in to resign. I had this most amazing job. My career was on this absolute, you know, just like a Ferrari going as fast as it could. And I went in to resign because I actually thought as a woman, I had no other option Uh, because, you know, there wasn't work-life balance. There wasn't any of that Um, self-care built into organizations. It was just, as Shanna said, work harder and get further. And lucky for me, I got talked out of that idea. And instead, I took three and a half months off. My boss said, you're not leaving. What can we do? Uh, So I took three and a half months off, put the Ferrari in for a well overdue service. I went to my happy place, which is Sorrento, which we were talking before the podcast is now where I live. Um, I got Shanna as my life coach. Uh, which I highly recommend. And, uh, and I really changed the way I lived my life. I realized that I had to be good to myself before I could be good to anyone else. Until I was good to me, I was never going to be the mum I wanted to be or the wife I wanted to be or the leader I wanted to be. So that was a really, really difficult moment, but it was also a bit of a gift moment as well because it allowed me to change the way I live. And, you know, Shanna and I talk about COVID, you know, so many people Um, have had burnout during COVID or come out of COVID with burnout. We haven't had burnout for 10 years. We've been going at this incredibly, Mm. you know, rapid pace, but doing it without burnout because we've built the structures and the disciplines and the boundaries into our lives to make sure that we keep those tanks full. And as women, we build self-care in. Absolutely. It's such an important realisation. And I've actually been having this conversation with a lot of friends of mine lately. This, I feel it's so special and we're so um, fortunate to be living in a time where women have so many opportunities, right? But I feel 
that expectation we place on ourselves to do it all and be it all still comes with the same responsibilities that women have had for like, you know, millennia and history and years and years ago. And so we kind of now have these two full-time jobs and we want to excel and do it all and be it all. And I think, I guess my whole mission and purpose is to say, how do we do that in a sustainable way? Right. And sometimes it means you're not actually going to be able to do it all. And it might mean you need to go in for an extended service or pull it back or, you know, do, do whatever you need to do to fuel back to yourself. But it's a really interesting conversation in a time where I feel we do have so much opportunity, um, but, it, but it almost works against us. While we're on this topic of balance, I'd love to ask you both, now that you, you know, you've kind of gone through this experience, it's now a really ingrained part of your, what you guys do for work in terms of coaching and helping other people, you know, potentially live more sustainable lives. What is a kind of non-negotiable habit you both have to kind of keep yourselves balanced? Shana, maybe we could start with you. Mm. Well, mine is breath work um, and really managing my mindset and my emotions and regulating myself through the art of breath. So I do a lot of breathing practice during the day. Like every time I wash my hands, I take three deep grounding breaths. And I also give myself permission to take time off. I mean, I was speaking to women today who said, you know, how, how can we take time off? It's really selfish. And I said, well, how do men go and play 18 holes of golf? Because, you know, that's five hours. Imagine if we took five hours to go to yoga, have a massage, enjoy some lunch by ourselves, or go for a beautiful walk. We would think that that's Sounds like Christmas. Holiday. Yeah, it's Christmas. Like it's actually a holiday. Um, whereas they just go and play golf and enjoy it with no story attached to it. And we um, I think Colleen and I are very good now at not having a story attached to it. Like I'm going for a massage or I'm having the day off or tomorrow I'm having lunch with my dad and she's having lunch with her mum and and really being okay with that rather than thinking it's an indulgence or anything like that. So I think it's about giving ourselves permission. And for me, if I'm not breathing well, if I'm not calm, if I'm not gathering all of my thoughts and centering myself through breath, just deep breathing that I just do regularly all day um, rather than sitting and meditating. I just make it a part of my, my being. Um, it really does help me keep perspective and not go into the overwhelm of I've got so many things to do and I've got a 17-year-old and a 19-year-old to look after and a husband to look after and two businesses to look after and uh, ageing parents to look after. I think it's really, well, breath is my superpower. Beautiful. Such an easy way to to keep you present and grounded. I love that. Colleen, how about yourself? Yeah, for me, uh, I think it's really has always been about how I start my day. And, you know, we are bombarded with so much breaking news and, and, you know, internet and emails and TikTok and all of these things. And most people wake up every morning and the first thing they do is open up to the world and connect to all of those things. Um, So for me, that's never really been part of the way I start my day because that is just far too much chaos in my brain. So I actually have to walk every day and I've always lived near water. I love the beach. Um, so does Shanna. And so I walk every single morning, pretty much rain, hail or shine, unless I'm on a really early flight or I've got a really early start. Um, but, you know, that's really like putting petrol in my tank. You know, it's that Ferrari I was talking about that really starts my day. And I often walk on my own because I like to have that downtime. I like to have that time to think whether I want to listen to a podcast or whether I just want to listen to the ocean or just be in my own thoughts. 
Um, it really, really is special. And then you turn back up to the home and the office and the kids or my children are bigger. I've got big children these days in their 20s, 19 and in their 20s, you know, but a husband and, you know, you turn up to those people ready to start the day and to be engaged. So for me, it's really important. What's your first ritual of the day that actually fills your tank up? And for me, it's walking. Yeah, absolutely. And I would add to that, um, I have a very similar practice because I agree there's so many things that take your attention first thing in the morning. I mean, I don't have kids yet. I assume that's one of them. If you have pets, if you know, if you've got notifications on your phone. So I have a big rule of um, a do not disturb. On, I keep the do not disturb function on my phone until I actually sit down to start my work because that's for me like the moment I've decided now I'm ready for my attention to be grabbed by other things because I've had the whole morning to give to myself. Um, so I have a very similar practice of kind of how you start your day. We love walking so much that we made it a part of our business. Um, Amazing. So Tell me walk, how. So we walk the world. So uh, we've just been back for one week now from Japan where we take women, um, groups of 10 or 15 women, and we take them walking on, around the world. So we do Camino in April. Um, Amazing. Japan bathing in the forests or you wow. were going to do Tuscany, Italy. And it's really teaching women about walking and talking and getting creative and thinking about your non-negotiables and writing it all down in a journal. And we give lectures every morning as well. But um, really thinking about what are the things that you love and how can you integrate that into your business? That's so beautiful. I really love that. And I'm going to have to look into that Tuscany one because it's close to where my family's from. And uh, who doesn't love Flor like Tuscany, Florence, all around there? Yes. <laughs> so that's beautiful. And you should, I mean, I don't know if you guys have been to like the desert anywhere, but the desert here in Dubai, it's very grounding, more than what I thought. I, I kind of thought moving here, I thought, you know, being disconnected from nature is going to be really hard, not having all the greenery that we're so blessed to have in Australia. But there's something about the desert um, that, that is quite special. It would be interesting to do maybe like a tour or walk there. Just just throwing it out there Ooh, if you guys want to come. That on our list. Yeah, That's yeah, we can. Different. We can uh, co-organize it. Yes. <laughs> Amazing, Colleen. I might um, ask you now about this idea of being in flow. So. I think just maybe this is just my perspective. Maybe there are some listeners that resonate or share this view, but I feel like when we think about being in flow, it almost carries this like self-made nature to it. It's almost like you're in flow when you can do all the things you love, when you're doing you're exercising your strengths. And I think the reality for a lot of us who maybe aren't in a situation where we've made our own role or we're working for ourselves. And I mean, even then still, there are always going to be aspects of your role of your day to day that maybe are engaging some of your weaknesses or are things you just generally don't like, right? So for a very, very basic example, when I do these podcasts, the social media side is something I kind of have to do, but I don't necessarily love. And I do sometimes feel that really drain on my energy and my kind of just overall approach to it because it is something I don't really enjoy. So I guess my question to you is for those people that are in roles where they're maybe not 100% uh, exercising their strengths and maybe they feel that takes them out of flow do you kind of have any tips on how to buffer around that so that we can stay in this flow state because that's such a beautiful place where we really can reach our potential I've felt it before and I hope everyone listening has too but I feel you kind of get pulled in and out of it when you're not in a yeah. self-made role does that make sense yeah totally totally and I, I and of course when we are 
playing to our strengths, we are in flow, right? Because our strengths come easy to us. So the things that are naturally ingrained in us are our natural talent. So of course, we're going to feel fabulous. Um, I always think about, and even using your example as social media, there's two things that I always think about. One, when we're doing something that's hard, when we're doing something that is out of our comfort zone, that's when we grow. So if we just did everything every day that was playing to our strengths and was easy and we were in flow, then we would never grow. We would be on this linear path for our entire lives and that would be a little bit boring, right? So I think that's the first thing is when we do things that are out of our character, out of our strength, um, think about it as I am growing, I am evolving, I am learning new skills. Um, And the other one I would say is that we need to change our story. So for your example, as in, I don't like social media, this is hard. When we start to change the story to say, you know, it's not my real strength, but I know by putting this out there, by sharing this, by putting the effort into this post or this podcast, I'm actually making the world a better place. So how great does that make me feel? Right. So often we create these stories in our heads. I'm not good at that. I can't do it. I don't like it. Someone's better than me. I'm too young. I'm too old, whatever the case may be. And what we need to do is change that story and find the real positive or the silver lining in that story. Because again, when we change our story, we can often change our lives. And when we change our story, we always also, I should say, we also go into this grow state. Um, We can't always be in flow, but we can always grow. And Shanna and I talk about we are learners of life. You know, we are never going to stop growing. We are never going to stop learning. Um, And that's something really special. So I really encourage people to get out of their flow, flow state, um, and really learn something new and push yourself beyond your comfort zone, because you can do amazing things. And in fact, we can do more than we actually think we can. Yeah, that's true. And I feel there's almost something, um, there's something really fulfilling about trying something new for example social media right I'm not terrible at it and I've actually done what I would think is pretty well with it and seeing something that maybe didn't come to you as naturally actually progress and you see the fruits of that labor then actually pulls you back into flow so it's almost like this initial acceptance and um, I spoke about this a couple weeks on the a couple weeks ago on the show of when you have this this really like disconnecting feeling with your job right? And you feel really demotivated by it. And it's about a very similar thing to what you just shared, finding your why, finding that silver lining, you know, what purpose is it serving in your greater life plan? What purpose is it serving you now? There's always something that it's satisfying or fulfilling. So I guess you could kind of even break that down to the micro tasks in day to day. Um, even if it's purpose is to, to show you that maybe it's something you don't enjoy, right? So at least, you know, now for if you ever want to exercise it again, which yes. is kind of interesting. Um, and that's true, I guess, like maybe the the false um, expectation is that we're in flow 24-7 because, again, there's so many things that happen in life, so many things that take our attention. Sometimes we need to put others or other things before ourselves in, in certain, you know, extreme situations and stuff. So that's actually a really good reframe to say, like, how you can get back to flow and, and what it actually means in the context of your life. Um, If we kind of go to the other extreme, Shanna, I might ask you this one. I want to talk about maintaining balance with our strengths. So obviously we've got, we just spoke a little bit about maybe things that are not our strengths that we have to deal with day to day, how we can kind of manage that. When we lean into our strengths, right, and we're really like, uh, you know, putting the time in to cultivate and strengthen them. I know in the book you talk about the shadow side to um, our strengths and it's kind of like when you're shifting into this extreme 
it's like an extreme approach to our strengths. Can you just talk to us a little bit about that and what we should be mindful of? Absolutely. So we know that anytime we do anything in extreme, good or bad for us, it's it's not good. Sure. <laughs> we actually need to find the sweet spot of everything. And, you know, as what Colleen said, you know, not every part of our job we're going to love. There are tasks that we have to do, even Colleen and I have to do, that we actually don't even like doing. But we change the story <laughs> to say, I get to do this. I don't have to do this. I get to do the proposal or, you know, I get to do the, the finances because um, that's really going to help us um, get through the bigger picture and keep perspective. So when we have our strengths, the shadow side is when we push something too far and it becomes a little bit toxic. So if honesty is one of your strengths, and I encourage all of your listeners to actually do the strengths test, which is also mentioned in the book, um, at viacharacter.org is the website, and it's a free test, and it will tell you your top 24 strengths in order. So if your top one is honesty, which is my top one, um, if I play my strengths to its 100% ability, I could maybe offend people, you know, I I need to be, I'm a straight shooter as it is, so I need to soften the edges a little bit and maybe, you know, consider that that might not come across so well for all people um, because mm-hmm. some people don't like straight shooters. They like you to talk around the bush type of thing. So if your kindness, which is one of Colleen's, is, you know, your, your superpower and your super strength, if you play that 100%, guess what happens to those people? They get taken advantage of. They develop the disease to please people. They become people pleasers and they're too kind. Um, And then often they get trodden on or get taken advantage of. So we just have to be aware that when we play at 80%, it's in its sweet spot. It's working perfectly for us. And that's the balance part. Um, And Mm -hmm. I think when we do anything in extreme, um, we do lose balance. Yeah, absolutely. And I feel... And correct me if I'm wrong, I feel finding that sweet spot really kind of takes trial and error. It's not to say, um, you know, here's the value and here's what 80% looks like. It's almost like you have to trial and error that through experience, through feedback from other people and just seeing how you feel moving through it as well. But I did see that um, that values test in the in the book. So I'll make sure I put a link to 100%, that. You know, self-awareness is number one and that's how we always start talking to people. It's about self-awareness. And if you don't even know your strengths, it's really hard then to be aware of what you're doing. Um, So really thinking of yourself as the asset and gaining knowledge about what your values are, what your strengths are, so that you can learn to really use them um, to your advantage um, to have a life that you really want in balance. Absolutely. Um, Colleen, could you maybe talk to us a little bit about how like just the relationship between values and strengths, are they kind of interchangeable? Do they influence one another? Like what's the relationship between the two? Mm, they definitely will influence one another. Um, but I would I would sort of step back into the values piece first. And, you know, if we think about our values, they're the things that are most important in the way we live and work, right? Shanna and I talk about our values as the boss. That's who we show up for every single day. And, you know, when we know our values, when we're really in tune with our values, we make the right decisions in our lives because those decisions are aligned to those values. You know, we often have people say to us, oh, it just doesn't feel right and I'm just not sure whether I should make that decision and my gut's telling me it's wrong. And we very simply say, 
come back to your values because that is your guiding light. That is your North Star for all of your decision making. So we will always, when we make uh, decisions in line with our values, we feel much more confident and content and happy because it's also playing to our strengths, right? So there is always going to be a relationship, your values, your strengths, your purpose, your self-awareness. They're not separate. They all interlink with each other. So we're really, really passionate about people finding their values if they don't know what they are, because how can we make the right decisions if we don't know them? You know, one of Shanna and I have very similar values, family, health and achievement are three similar ones, uh, three of the same, I should say. You know, so we're always making decisions like we're just planning today our trip to Italy and we're looking at our flights and, you know, we're like, okay, well, what's going to serve us? Should we stay that extra night and have a day off? Yeah, we should. That's going to serve our health really well, right? Because we don't want to jump straight on a plane when we we're finished walking for seven days and coaching women for the whole time and being on. Sure. So we need to fill the tank up. So that decision is about our health. You know, we mm-hmm. make decisions about our family, our achievements. You know, um, there's, it's, it's a really fabulous way to think about how you live your life. And not mm-hmm. only for yourself personally, but I would encourage all of your listeners. I'm sure you've got lots of entrepreneurs, lots of business uh, women, lots of startups, lots of leaders. Our values, our personal values should also align to our company values. So if our values don't align to where we work or how we show up to an organization, then there is going to be a massive fight and a massive disconnect with ourselves. We will not be in flow at all, right? So really important that we understand our own values. We understand our company values. And if you're in charge of those company values, they need to be really, really clear Um, within your organization. We talk about from the top to the bottom and the bottom to the top. Every single person in that organization should know your values because that's how they make decisions as well. Yeah, absolutely. It's almost like you said, this this North Star. And I think it's interesting if anybody listening is feeling that resistance or that kind of conflict or just tension in any area of your life, it'd be interesting to do the values test and then see if that scenario, situation, person, whatever it is, is in conflict with any of those. Um, One quick question on values before we move on. Do you think that values are something that's static or do they slightly change as we kind of move through different seasons of life? Like is there kind of a bunch that will be with us forever but then others that kind of come and go depending on where we are? Yes, of course, they will move. Um, I think your core values will stay the same. Um, But, you know, when when I didn't have a family or children, um, then my value was slightly different there. It was still family, but it wasn't about the children, right? So as we go through life and our ages and stages change, um, you know, our career is the most important thing, then maybe our family is the most important thing, our values will change slightly. But really Mm -hmm. what's in here at our core um, is always going to remain the same. We, we don't actually get to choose our DNA and who we are and how we are delivered into this world. There is a DNA that comes with us and a lot of that will also determine um, your values, the things you've witnessed, experienced, your upbringing. That is also a big part of that whole package of your value. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot maybe your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Yeah, no, I definitely agree. Um, and when we talk about kind of balance, what you need to feel balanced, what your balance looks like today is also a, a, an evolving concept. And I think kind of looking at your values and then marrying that with the idea of a balance plan or just looking at your balance now is is quite telling in terms of what you may need because it shows you what is a priority, what should be on what your non-negotiables should kind of center around. So it's also a good way to anchor yourself to be like what's actually important to me right now. So I, I really, really love that. Shana, I might um move on and ask you about kind of this concept of defining a roadmap, which I know is something we've spoken about before. Um, but but for those people maybe listening right now who have the any similar thought to help, I don't know what my future is going to look like, any similar cry to that. Can you take us through uh, some of the personal and professional thought starters? I know you guys have a section in the book about this and I really enjoyed reading this section. Mm. The thought starters to kind of get clarity or get started on a plan for the mm. future because sometimes, I mean, even as I shared with you both before we jumped on the call, I, I was that kind of person who had to live the next five to ten years kind of worked out in my head. Then I moved overseas and it was really holding me back from enjoying the present moment. So I had to then move into being a lot more fluid and flexible, which meant I felt like I sacrificed that clarity with the future. And so just let's start maybe with the um, the thought starters to get people thinking about what that looks like. Well, firstly, we always need to plan in pencil, right? <laughs> so <Love that. laughs> the, the brain needs a map. So we need to create the map moving forward. But we also need to always plan in pencil because we don't know what opportunities or doors may open that are usually much bigger than we could ever dream of. So a lot of people plan very small. They don't plan big, they plan small. Um, and then the universe has got much bigger plans for them. So they need to be able to adapt. So we always start with how old are you in 10 years time? And really thinking about that person and sitting in the feeling of being 10 years older and thinking about, oh, how old will my partner be? How old will my parents be? How old will my children, my dog, my cat be? And just really sitting in how the landscape is going to change. And there's nothing more certain in life than change. Everything will change. Nothing stays the same. And we need to be um, very excited about that and embrace that rather than fear that. So having a map is really for the brain so that it does have something to hold on to. Um, you know, when you're driving the car and you've got the map up on the GPS there, you feel pretty relaxed because it's all paved out. And, True. You know, you can look out the window and you can put your music on. If there's no map, you are constantly on. You are constantly thinking. You are constantly looking out. Road signs. Um, where am I going? Am I, have I missed something? Um, so it's really hard for the brain to relax and get into flow state without a plan. So really having the plan of 10 years is asking yourself things like, how do I want to feel in 10 years time? Where do I want to be financially in 10 years time? Because we want to reverse engineer. And if you want something in 10 years time, you might know why you're not going to the sale again and buying more towels when you don't need more towels. And because you've got a purpose, because you've got a plan and you, you know how you want to feel and where you want to end up. It could be what life experiences do you want to have? So life experiences do not come to the front door on a silver platter. We need to think about them, create a vision for them, um, save for them, um, create opportunity for them and think about, you know, I want that car. Um, how am I going to save for that car? And, you know, when you decide the car you want, you see all of them around the street. 
you never noticed them before. So when you have a map and when you have some really nice vision for yourself, you start noticing all the opportunity around you that you were not privy to before. So that's another important part. You might think about how you want to feel. Do you want to be strong, flexible? Do you want to have children or not have children? Do you want a home? Um, what are your buck, what's on your bucket list? Um, all of these things, where do you want to be in your career? What skill set do you want to have mastered for yourself? Um, if we don't have knowledge and we can't answer the questions, even if simply and briefly, um, you really do feel like a little bit lost or you feel like you're the hamster on the wheel in survival mode in your career. And I think that's not a great place for anyone to feel because it leads to burnout. But if you've got a map, I think it helps you really keep perspective for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I really love the analogy of the GPS in the car, because for me, that's like, I know where I'm going. I don't know how I'm going to get there, which is why I have this map on. It doesn't matter if I go left or right and you don't become so focused. If we take that analogy on the way in which you're going to get there, what matters is you will get there and the destination is the same, but you're a little bit more relaxed about the method. Because I think the opposite is when you don't have that clarity, and I've been kind of in both camps, when you don't have that clarity of this is what I want, would like in my future, then you're taking all these left and right turns and putting so much pressure on are they the thing? Is this the most, is this the right decision? Rather than moving with the flow of life and maybe not taking as many opportunities because you're too focused on the steps in the staircase rather than, you know, the, the, the top moment. So yeah, I think that's a really you. nice way. You know, if you have your map, you you know why you're doing what you're doing. You know why you're having a field stop here. You know why you need to turn and do a detour there, but you'll get back on track. And I think when we have a map, we have purpose. We know why we're walking every single day is because we're serving our 10-year-older self. We know why we're learning how to breathe. So we want to have a calm journey for 10 years. You know, we know why we're writing the books because, you know, we're building um, a business with, um, you know, a lot of content and a lot of depth to it and sharing a lot of knowledge. There's a lot of purpose when you've got a plan. Without the plan, you're actually not sure why you're doing what you're doing and you're relying on, do I feel like walking today or not? And the, the answer mm -hmm. will usually be no. Um, but if you've got that real vision for yourself around, oh, no, I want to be fit and healthy in the future, you've got that reason then to go and do it, whether it's raining or not. Yeah, absolutely. And it makes those even often shorter term sacrifices or compromises if you need to make those, like you said before, maybe you're not going to go and just, you know, openly buy all these extra things as we do. You go to Woolworths for one thing and you walk out with 15. Uh, but, you know, you, you kind of have that little bit more intention. If maybe you can say no to things. It helps setting boundaries because you have that clarity. It's a beautiful knock-on effect. Um, but, but the only thing I would add to everything you've just beautifully shared is just connecting with that vision on a regular basis. Because I think, I guess, a mistake I've learned from in the past is connecting with that vision and then just going back into the flow of day-to-day -day life and you end up very quickly going back on that hamster wheel and it just out of sight, out of mind. So for me, I have a practice of trying to connect with it through visualization every morning. For some people, it might be a vision board they see every day. Some people might like to journal, however you kind of want to do it. The only thing I would say is regularly connecting to it in, in whatever form works for you is really important to just kind of keep you mm. focused, you know, remind yeah. you where you're going. Vision boards are very, very powerful. Um, and I have them as a screensaver here. I'm looking at mine right now and I've got some. That's a good idea, place. actually. So when it's a screensaver, you know, you, you are looking at it all the time. 
Um, it's, mm. it's, it's just subtly in the background there. And if you've got the wording on there to train the brain, if your values are also on there and your strengths are on there, you can't forget them. So you mm. become very attached to them and then you learn how to really work them. So visual is everything, sticky notes, vision boards. For me, I write all over the mirror. I've got stickers on the mirror. My poor husband can't even see himself in the mirror when he shaves, but doesn't matter. It's really important to me is to train the brain and have everything in front of me. So very good point there. Yeah, absolutely. Colleen, I might uh, come back to you and I want to ask you something about mindset. And I know you yourself are a high performer. You've worked with a lot of high performers. Um, This category of person is someone who thrives off achievement and doing things. How do we shift from, because I feel um, not a trap, but a a place we can get to when we're really focused and we're getting that dopamine from our output and our success, is that when we're not feeling that, when we're maybe going through a period of doing doing the small things, the day-to-day steps, and we're not having those big achievements or, or, you know, big things coming through our inbox, um, how do we kind of balance that so we're not so dependent on the things and we can just be a little bit more I think um sorry one more thing I'll add is it's also this feeling of momentum so I feel like when you're achieving a lot and a lot of things are happening the ball's kind of rolling you have this momentum but then naturally you go through periods that are a lot slower and one thing I've found is I have a tendency which is something I'm aware of and I'm working on it's to write a story about what that means about me and my value Right. So if I'm not doing a lot, if I'm not achieving a lot, if I don't have a lot of things happening, it's what does that mean about me rather than just accepting there's a natural kind of lull in life sometimes. So do you kind of just have any thoughts on that and other people who may feel similarly? I'd be interested to also hear if that's something you've kind of experienced or resonate with too. Yeah, absolutely I do. And I think, you know, we have three women here on the screen and I'm sure there are thousands listening that will all confess to being achievement junkies, right? (laughs) Uh, Because we have been our whole life. Shanna and I have been always about let's tick the box, tick the box, tick the box, tick the box, because it gives us this shot of, as you said, this adrenaline. When we tick a box and we've achieved, it's like, yes, but what do we do? The dopamine surge, yeah. Dopamine's just crazy, but what do we then do? What's next, Right. We've actually learned, and it's, as Shanna said, about training the brain, we've actually learned to enjoy the journey. And for so long, I was achieving all of these incredible things, winning all of these amazing rewards, being on top of my game, being a female CEO in this country where there was not many of, and I was just worried about what the next box was I wanted to tick or could tick. And when I started to actually slow that down a little bit, and started to enjoy the journey, not just the destination, because when we enjoy the journey, there is so much to see when we look up, right? When we're just at Ferrari, just going as fast as we can to get to the end and get to the destination, we actually miss everything. We miss so much along the way. So we've really trained our brain now to enjoy the journey. Um, you know, when we were walking in Japan last week, you know, for me, I used to be, I've got to get to the walk as fast as I can and get it done. That's it, done, tick, awesome. <laughs> Now we just slow, we enjoy, we look up, we laugh, we smell, we talk, we do all of those beautiful things. We immerse ourselves. That is so much more fulfilling than being an achievement junkie. So I think that takes practice, right? Um, It doesn't just happen overnight, but I would say to all of your listeners, slow down a little bit. Um, enjoy that journey because it is a fabulous one when you give yourself time. And once you start enjoying it, 
you really understand what you've been missing out on. So you want to enjoy it even more. So uh, yeah, really think about just slowing it down. Enjoy this beautiful journey of life that we have, because before we know it, we will be at our final destination, which is our our last sentence, our last our last breath. And what we want to do is make sure we enjoy every part of this journey because it is we are so gifted to be here. Yeah, you're absolutely right. And, and the thing is, when we are in that kind of overachieving junky headspace, you have all these things you want to achieve and life just becomes the stuff between you ticking or achieving these things off. And the truth is, if, if anyone listening just reflects on any time you achieve that thing, right, whether it be a book launch, starting a new business or getting promoted, it really just is a moment in time. It's not this period you languish in and enjoy. It's not like your life you know, then becomes this huge moment of success. It's actually just a moment and then it's almost like business as usual. You know, you almost expect it to be this life-changing. I remember having this experience where something, I can't exactly remember what the milestone was, but I hit it and it was almost like it wasn't as good as what I thought it was going to feel like. And you, you hear people talking about this all the time, like when they achieve something. And I think that's because we get so fixated on this thing changing our world when you just realise and step back and go, it's actually just another beautiful moment in the, the, the world of all these beautiful moments I've already got. It's quite a powerful thing. But one thing I do want to acknowledge is for those of us who kind of resonate with this and are in this category of people, to actually slow down, right, to shift gears I think is way more mental than it is physical and there's a lot of guilt. As I said, there's a lot of stories you write about your worth within slowing down. Even now, so I one thing I haven't mentioned to you both, I actually work as a lawyer. So I work as a full-time lawyer and I do this podcast on the side because it's a massive passion of mine. But when I'm quiet at work and the way the legal system or when you're working in, in a prof- professional practice setting is you get you bill your time right? So every six minutes needs to be accounted for. So forget, I mean, how you were trained at school. That was obviously your output equals well done. You've done a great job. Now I'm in a career where I'm almost fighting with this, you know, this personal passion I've got for wellness, all the beautiful things we've spoken about today. And then in my professional setting, I'm being judged, or I guess my worth is determined on how many minutes I'm billing every day. I've got my own issue with um, the billable hour system and that's totally separate. But it's just more, I think a lot of us, especially women in corporate, you are trained to your worth or your values determined on your output. And so for, for many people listening who are sitting in that position where in their personal space, they're doing the work, they're, they're trying to slow down, they're having this awareness, but then in a professional setting, which is a big chunk of our week, it's almost like you, you can't help but other people putting onto you their version of worth and mm-hmm. value. How can we kind of find a sweet spot between that? Because I feel like that's when the, the trouble comes. And, and I know often it's an internal shift, but it is hard sometimes when you're kind of answering to somebody else. So I'm just curious to hear your thoughts there. Yeah, it's a really tricky one, right? Because we're building these careers. We've got KPIs, we've got accountabilities. But I promise you, in our last breath, we're not going to say, gee, I wish I built another a few more six minute into, you know, six minute blocks yeah. in my life. <laughs> No one's going to say that and no one's going to care, right? But what we will say is, gee, I wish I engaged more in that conversation. I wish I listened more. I wish I, you know, I I was more present in my life. They're the things that are the most important to us. They're the things that shape who we are. So, yes, our careers are important. And, yes, there's these KPIs and things that we need to tick. 
Um, and, and we have to do those, right? We ha- we're high performers and we all run high performing businesses and, and organizations. So let's never shy away from that, but let's try and get it in balance. Let's be really real about what is most important and what is most important are our values, right? Let's just always come back to that. Um, so, so that's what I would just say is all is important, but just try and get it into some kind of balance. If you take mm-hmm. achievement away from all of us, we would crash and burn, right? I wouldn't want to get up the next day because that's what fuels us. But we've learned now to get that balance. You know, my kids never cared I was the CEO of two iconic brands in Australia. In fact, someone said to my son when he was in probably year 10, what does your mum do? And he said, I don't know. She works at Sports Girls somewhere in the office. I don't know what she does. <laughs> right? They don't care, Right. All they want is that person that loves them, nurtures them, cares for them and comes home and is completely connected. They're the moments that are the most important in life. So all I would say is just get a balance and get some perspective on what's really, really important and how we want to live. And can I just add to that, that if we think of ourselves as elite high performers and have the athlete mindset, you need to learn to embrace the pace because every day is a marathon. So if you're going to do your six-minute billable hours, and I coach a few lawyers who are in their 50s and partners now, is you have to pace that. So if you have a bit of a slow time, it's actually you being on the marathon of your career and actually stopping at the Gatorade station, that it's okay and to give yourself permission because we need to keep our eye on the big, long haul and the long picture, not just the short one. And I think everyone gets really stuck in, well, if I'm at the Gatorade station, everyone's passing me. Um, but if you're really fueled, you'll last longer than them anyway. So True. I think it's that big, long perspective and thinking yourself as a high-performing athlete. And we do need to pace a lot more. Yeah, absolutely. And I like always thinking about it because it's something I struggle with when maybe work's a bit slower or I'm not doing a lot of things to slow down and actually just be like, okay, I'm going to give myself permission to be here. I like to shift and look at it as the universe is give or God, whatever you want to, be, whatever you believe in, is actually gifting you this time for yourself. I now just see it as this is just a gift, a moment in time for you. So just enjoy it. Really, what else are you going to do? Stress about not working. You may as well enjoy it for yourself. So that's kind of how I've, I've tried to embrace it. Um, Shanna, we might continue the conversation of balance just with a, a final question to you. How do we strike a balance between making a plan for our lives that allows us to go with the flow? And the reason I say that, and I guess the whole premise of this podcast for me was the formula or approach of work-life balance was really jarring for me. It felt like you have work as 50, everything else in life is the other 50, and you somehow need to make it equal. And that to me felt so rigid. And it didn't make sense for a lot of people. You've got full-time mums, which that approach just doesn't even work at all because everything is not just work and life. You know, it looks completely different. And then and then for a lot of people, you know, that looks very different at different stages in their life too. And so when I sat down to start this podcast, for me it was, you know what, we've got our health, we've got our relationships, and then we've got our fulfilment, whether that's a career, whether you're studying, whether you're a full-time parent, whatever fulfills you is that third category, not work. And so your balance looks like a unique blend of those areas at any given moment in your life. And to me, that gives, that gave me anyway, and I know it's given a lot of listeners, a much more flexible way to look at 
their lives rather than having this rigid plan. But I feel like sometimes even when we're having the conversation of uh, vision boards or just kind of having these thought starters of where we want to be in 10 years, we can fall into this over-engineering type mm-hmm. approach. So what are your thoughts on finding a nice balance between not over-engineering to a point where we can still go with the flow? I feel it's all about mindset. I think that it's a state of mind. I mean, I felt really balanced when we were away writing the book and we were working 15-hour days um, and just sleeping and going for a walk and I felt truly in balance because I was in unbelievable flow. But we'd also accounted for a couple of days of recovery after, but it's not it's not a tit for tat. It's not a percentage thing. It's a feeling. It's about going, I'm loving what I'm doing right now. Um, it's really serving me. Um, I've taken my health into consideration. Um, and that's the most important thing. So, and it's going to change on a weekly basis, hmm. right? Because sometimes you're at a conference. Last week we were in Japan walking all day and delivering lectures um, and holding space for uh, amazing women. We were on the whole time we were from the minute we woke up to the minute we went to sleep, but it just felt amazing, right? So there's different ages and stages and scenarios and circumstances. And it's about accepting that it's a feeling. If I'm in that state where we're writing a book or it's really intense and I'm breathing through it and grounding myself, I feel great balance. You know, there's no, oh, I need to go now and have a week off. Um, or, you know, I'll just say, actually, I feel a bit tired now. I'm taking some time off or mm. I need to go and have a massage or just really thinking about how you feel now and what is needed now. And it's different for all of us. So we don't have a formula. Um, Colleen mm-hmm. has a much bigger engine than me. Um, you know, I've had chronic fatigue my whole life. I have a lot of pain in my body. I have big cracks in my engine. She has a different constitution, which is really amazing and tough and she can push through, whereas I crumble, you know. So we're really different. So our idea of balance is going to be different. I need a lot more downtime, a lot more recovery, a lot more sleep than she does. Um, And we just have to do you. And I think all the listeners need to just, you do you, whatever that is for you, and you work that out for yourself. But don't look for a formula. Um, I think balance is about your lane, doing what's best in your lane, having a vision for yourself of how you want to feel and who you want to be and where you want to go and how you want to get there. It feels comfortable in your constitution and in your culture and with your values and your strengths. And comparisonitis is the thief of all joy. So I think Mm. we really need to stay in our lane, find our own balance, whatever that is, 20, 30, 80, 60, you know, 90, 10, it, there's no right or wrong. It's it's a feeling. And I also feel that it's a very big mindset um, piece where we, if we're really busy, we could tell ourselves, oh my gosh, we're so busy. I'm going to burn out or wow, this is an incredible opportunity. I'm going to really enjoy it. And I'm going to build in a little bit of recovery. So I think the power of mindset is really important to how we feel because the brain is a computer that sends a message to the body. So be very careful of what we're telling ourselves. 
Absolutely. And and really just I think the biggest takeaway from me from what you shared is obviously the flexibility with our approach and our mindset, but it's really just in its simplest form, like even if you plan for things, even if you have goals and certain things, it's how do you feel moving into those goals? Because sometimes, you know, if I think about who I was five years ago, the needs, the priorities, the things I had at that point, had I planned for goals now, maybe I don't actually want those things now. So it's also not being too rigid and saying, well, I plan for this now, I need to execute, you know, have to tick the box off, have to finish this career or do X, Y, Z. It's actually, how do I feel moving into this and lean into it? It's the same with if you get a bit of flow on the weekend, but you have a rule that you don't work on weekends. It's like, why not lean into it? Let yourself just kind of go with the flow. Um, and I think that's the best way, even if you zoom out and do it on a long term, that's, you know, as you move through life, it's just taking that assessment. How do I feel about about this thing? Yeah. Um, Ladies, before we go, I want to ask you both just one really, really quick thing, and that is what advice would you have given to your younger self? Maybe we can pin it back to before you both had children. Uh, maybe you're just getting started in your career. Colleen, maybe we can start with you. What advice would you give to your younger self? Mm, advice to my younger self, I would say um, embrace the pace. As we've talked about, it's always been just one pace and that's flat out and I still have that now. Uh, so I have to manage that a lot. So I would just say embrace the pace, embrace the journey and really believe in yourself. I think to women out there, you know, we all have this incredibly crazy inner critic that tells us all of these stories about ourselves um, and I would say to every single woman out there, believe in yourself. You are absolutely amazing. Um, you have incredible skills and gifts to be able to share with this world and really believe in yourself and go for it. So there's probably about three things in there, but I get a bit excited. So um, bit yeah. of a love letter. <laughs> yeah. Beautiful. Shanna, what about yourself? Um, I would say the same. It, it would be that, you know, life is a marathon. And we need to pace ourselves. But we also, I would tell myself, respect recovery. Um, if you want to be a high achiever um, and you want to keep turning up and keep evolving and keep kicking great goals because we're all achievement junkies, A-type, um, you need to fully respect intentional recovery. And so go and learn those skills because those skills are the ones that you are going to need to master more than what you do naturally, which is, you know, set goals, go and smash them. You've got all of that. Really learn the art um, for longevity. Yeah, yeah. Well, I really love that we've had this conversation um, and that, you know, more and more people are talking about this idea of sustain sustainable success so that we can not only be high performers and achieve what we want to achieve, but actually enjoy our life in the process because all these things like our family and our health it's what makes life so special and so beautiful. So I really am very grateful and really appreciate the work you're both doing. Thank you so much for both coming on the show today. Congratulations on the book launch. I will put links not only to both of your uh, social medias, but of course to where people can get the book as well. But I want to really thank you both for your time. I'm very grateful. Amazing. Thank you. And, you know, we're in our 50s. We're at the other end to you. Um, but we feel like we're just starting um, and that's a really exciting place to be, to think about, oh, we're, we're just beginning a whole new chapter. Um, and it well, just keeps evolving <laughs> and it keeps changing. And, you know, who could have even dreamt that up or penciled that in on a vision? So 
really that flexibility is so important. But thank you for having us again. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks so much, Eric. It's been wonderful to be on your wonderful podcast and you are doing amazing things as well and you are creating this incredible platform for women to connect, to share their story, to inspire each other, to empower each other. So um, this, as you said, this is your this is your passion project. This is not your full-time job. Um, this yes. is putting something <laughs> out there so that women can really enjoy and explore and um, really go on this journey together. So well done to you. Mm. Thank you so much, ladies.